0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Hope Reclaimed, a podcast about stepping into the areas of pain to allow God to heal and saturate every aspect of our life. Because God has already extended healing to us, and sometimes it's our job to step in and receive it. And I'm your host, Ellie Hope Heringshaw. Welcome. I'm really glad you're here today. So in this series, we're talking about reclaiming body image. You guys, I'm really excited for who I have on this podcast today. I have Brooke D Peterson, and she is doing some amazing things with the business that she's created, and I just wanted to have her on to talk about her book and to talk about her story of healing and reclaiming her own body image. Brooke recently wrote a book called Food Freedom stop hiding, and uncover who you're meant to be. You guys, she has an amazing perspective. The way that she shares about body image and and empowering women is something that I'm just all about. So I needed to have her on. So she is an author, like I'd mentioned, a health and empowerment coach, a girl mom living in Minneapolis. And she's obsessed with seeing women shine. And she's on a mission to help women step into their full potential, achieve vibrant health, and live life on purpose through community, online resources, and truth about who they're created to be. I'm really, really blessed because she has actually offered my listeners a free chapter of this book. So if you want to go receive this free chapter, go do that. The link is in my show notes. So please enjoy this episode, you guys, and be blessed.
1: Ellie, first of all, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Um, I've as you know, I've, I've been listening and a huge fan, and you consistently challenge me. Um, and I think that what you're sharing has a unique ability to cross boundaries of people's experiences, whether or not they've shared a story like yours or not. Um, so I just want to thank you for what you're doing and for any um, listeners that are have been with you from the beginning. Way to go, early adopters. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, so Brooke yes a day in the life of Brooke Peterson I have a beautiful three-year-old daughter we're just best buds Um, I have been married for almost seven years Uh, I am home I am an author I have an online business that I'm able to kind of um, create you know my own schedule and it may sound glamorous, but it is definitely not. Usually <laughs> I'm not showered um, until like one o'clock. <laughs> you know, there's lots of snack breaks with a three-year-old and all sorts of things, but we make it work and I'm I'm really living my dream.
0: I love that. I love that so much. Why don't you just share a little bit about your your experience with dis- disordered eating and the discovery of that? and your freedom.
1: Sure. Yeah, well, I did mention I'm an author, and I'll preface by I never set out to be an author. This was never my goal or dream, Um, but here's what happened, Ellie. I, from about middle school or high school, I had seeds of bitterness and felt rejection from a family member, that manifested for me into disordered eating. I've always loved athletics, been very active, enjoyed healthy eating. It became natural to me. I grew up in a home that, you know, loved and ate dinner together and was a healthy family. So that part was never a struggle for me. But when I experienced these early seeds of rejection and just you know, everyone, when they're growing up, right, and they're becoming a teenager, you go through this phase of like having to discover who you are yeah. and become our own person, you know, um, making our faith our own and going through this journey. And so for me, I had a little bit of a rocky road in figuring out who I was and placing my identity in the wrong thing. And so instead of turning to drugs or alcohol or the wrong friend group, I took the strength of love, health, and fitness and took hold of it. I took control and I started to realize, hey, if I exercise a ton and stop eating a lot, then I'm going to look really great. And and for me, it was never really about necessarily a number on the scale or feeling like I was unhealthy or overweight to begin with. It was just something that I was able to control yeah. and manipulate. Mm. And so what became, you know, what was a strength in my life became my weakness and so for fast forward over 10 years of my life i struggled very much with disordered eating and in my book food freedom i talk really raw and vulnerable about what that was but essentially it was just this cycle of um you know binging and restricting and i remember distinctly one time having an argument at home and coming to the gym where i worked and i felt you know, bad. I think it was the culmination of uh, argument at home and I probably ate one too many cookies. Right. So here I am on the treadmill, frustrated, stressed out. And I distinctly remember running 13 miles on the treadmill at a time without stopping like this young high school kid. And I did it out of discipline in my body. And, and out of hate for my body, anger, which is never the right attitude. No, <laughs> which maybe we can talk about later. To um, you know, exercise, and so it's just things like that that was out of hand, and. Um, So a lot of this behavior was hidden and secretive, and you'd have never known it on the outside. And um, I can summarize that through this time of struggling with disordered eating, I want to make it clear that my life on the outside looked great. I I had great friends. I was in a world-class school of ministry at the time. I um, also graduated from cosmetology school top of my class and got placed at a my dream salon, you know, right off the bat, I, I looked good, you know, I looked fit, but I was miserable on the inside because I was, I was struggling with this shame and secret addiction that no one else knew about. And it was robbing, you know, my joy and my potential. Hmm. So in short, I thought that I found, met and married my husband within about a year's time. It was one of those love at first sight things. And still is to this day, I'm so grateful for him. So I thought, surely when I got married, you know, this cycle, this immature cycle of disordered eating and poor body image would somehow magically disappear. And for, you know, everyone who's listening, who's in a serious committed relationship or married, we all know that once we get married, our flaws only (laughs) magnify. And so to my dismay, this habit, um, it didn't go away when I got married. Hmm. And fast forward several years later, we had our first daughter, and I just remember being pregnant with my big belly and I had a healthy pregnancy. I, you know, was still working out, but was still struggling um, with this, with these habits that I could not shake. And I thought, surely when I birthed this baby girl, which was a baby girl, I could never do these things in front of her or model this behavior for my children. And I remember after had giving birth again, amazing experience. I had a I just loved being a mom. I still love being a mom. I remember where I was when I was in the kitchen, and I relapsed in front of my baby daughter, I, my little infant, mm-hmm. just sweet and innocent. And I thought, Lord, I cannot do this anymore. Wow. I, I just, I'm sick of being sick and tired. I'm sick of feeling the shame and the shame. This guilt and um, so so what happened is I came to a place of desperation, and so f- for 10 years of my life, I i want the listeners to hear this that I prayed, I prayed for this thing to go away. Believe me, I read my Bible, I fasted. I there was yeah. small times in my life where I would let someone in, you know, I'd share with someone else what was going on, and no matter what I did, how disciplined I was, how great I ate, you know, how many spiritual disciplines I put in place. I could not get free of this thing. It was Hmm. so, I I was dumbfounded. And until I came to this point of complete conviction, I, I, because what I realized is that for 10 plus years of my life, I did a lot of justifying. You know, I think these sneaky sins or these sneaky habits can be easy to justify. Because in my mind, I was like, well, I'm not actually throwing up the food, you know, um, I'm not hurting anyone else. But that was a lie. It was just these little justifications that, you know, would make me feel okay. And it wasn't something either that I did every day, right? It was kind of cyclical and Mm -hmm. it came down to uh, cycle whenever I was stressed or, you know, couldn't manage my emotions, I would eventually turn to this, or maybe in a a season of just restricting food too much, I'd get so hungry, I just had to eat something, but I didn't, you know, I would feel bad about the caloric consequence, so I'd go in these cycles, so it wasn't every day, but it was enough to know deep down in my heart that I was not living in my full potential, this one thing I could not get free of, and so it came to a head, couple years ago when my daughter was about one year old where I was sick and tired of this and I, I came to a point of complete desperation I said I need to tell my husband because no one at the time knew what I was struggling with and so I remember plain as day I had my mom come over and watch our, our daughter and I uh, asked my husband to take to go on a drive uh, you know it was, It was dead of winter. It was cold. It was quiet. It was later at night, and we were just driving. And I remember sitting in that car, in that car, um, that seat next to my husband. And we were driving and driving, and it was kind of awkward. He's like, "So you wanna do wanna share something?" (laughs) I like, yeah, I, yep. And I just try to make Mm -hmm. small talk, and it was like I knew I needed to get these words out of my mouth, but it was so. It was like there was a lock on my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And after, no lie, at least 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes, Hmm. we were driving, who knows where, and I finally blurted it out. And again, I I talk about this really raw and real in the book.
0: It's a really great portion of the book. (laughs) I love that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I shared it with my husband, you know, for the first time, what I had been dealing with, the entirety of our marriage, he had no idea. And I remember after I got those words out, Hmm. I it was like already a weight had released from mm, my, yeah. from my shoulders. And I felt a profound sense of relief. And so what happened after that, you know, to make a long story short, we, we got home and I'm so thankful for a husband um, who really models is not perfect. Right. But he yeah. demonstrates the love of Christ so tangibly. And right after I shared that with him, he just looked at me and hold, held my hand and said, you know, I love you. And hmm. there's no shame um, from him, no condemnation. And so that was such a gift, you know, to be able to share that deepest, dirtiest, darkest secret I had with someone who I cared about the most to get yeah. that response. And so out of his wisdom, we got home and like, you know, took hold of my daughter, and he he said wisely, he's like, you know what, I think you can share this with, with more than just me, with wow. some of our good mentors, and yeah. I looked at him, and I wanted to punch him. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, um, how dare
0: you say that? No. How could
1: you possibly say that? I just dumped my dirtiest, darkest secret to you. You embraced me with love. Now, I do not want to risk and share it with anyone else. Like, we're done with this conversation. Now, let's move on. Okay,
0: bye. And
1: <laughs> out, of, out of his wisdom and strength, he knew that yeah. to really be free, I had to I had to fully step into this. Yes. So what we did yeah. is we called um I I actually said no at first. I was like, I no, I refuse to do this until the next morning. Again, that same that same fire rose up in my my heart and my spirit of like I want to be free and I will do whatever it takes to be mm. free. So the next day we we called up some close mentors and we were in our bedroom again in the evening and uh, we, you know, I confessed the same thing to them that I did to my husband. And again, just received with love, no condemnation. Yeah. And we, I knelt down on my bed. We said a really simple prayer. And this is actually in my daughter's room looking back, which is kind of um, ironic hmm. that this deliverance happened in my daughter's room. And so we were, we prayed just a simple prayer. I just, you know, shared uh, what I had been dealing with out loud in the presence of, of uh, my friends and close family and in a moment, Ellie, it was not, there was no lightning strikes. There was no like crazy manifestation. It was a simple, quiet release of the Hmm. weight. I felt a new clarity in my mind that I never experienced before. And I knew in that moment, in that simple prayer uh, with, you know, godly mentors that I had been set free from this addiction, robbing my life for over 10 years. And so it was from that moment that I knew I had to share this story of yeah. freedom. And we, we can get into the nitty gritty of what that process looked like. But I was so moved by by, by this miracle. I hmm. wanted to dedicate my life and share with other people. And so hence, you know, share, writing down this story and this testimony in my book and then also following up with the practicals of, okay, I'm delivered from this eating disorder. But at the end of the day, like I still have to eat something tomorrow and yeah. I'm still probably going to go to the gym. So now what does that look like? And, and how do I, how do I you know, care for my body in a way that honors the Lord, but I'm still nourishing it well. And I'm, I'm not afraid to, you know, look great in my clothes and all these sort of questions. That yeah. That, that,
0: that's, what's so hard about, about these issues with food, I think, is that it's not like, you know, if we, if we had an issue with alcohol, we could just cut it out, you know if it's if it's like smoking you can it, i know that that's a challenge for people and that's hard and they need help mm-hmm. but you can just be abstinent for from those behaviors and from those things food is something that we need every day and <laughs> we need to we need to actually have a good relationship with and um and i think that that's what's so amazing about what you're doing is that you experienced the freedom that Jesus has extended with the knowledge that he has already set you free and then you have to receive it you have to receive that mm-hmm. healing and then walk through the steps of renewing your mind and um and and becoming whole whole <laughs> like holy you have to become whole so what were the what were the i mean praise god that you received that instantaneous mm-hmm. healing yeah. that breakthrough moment when you when you voice something it it gives it so much less power, like it really, really does. And you had mentioned that you had brought other people in in the past, but there was something so special and important about sharing it with that one person that is there with you through thick and thin, like through it all. Um, that must have just really lessened the power. One of my one of my amazing um, mentors. Lynn Jackson from Connected Families she says what's concealed gains power but what's revealed can be healed and i truly wow. truly believe that when things are brought to the light that's where the that's where healing can truly be manifest
1: i totally agree with that statement and and ellie for me i had shared this with people in the past but what was different this time around is I was convicted and I think that's a really important differentiator because for over 10 years it was I didn't like it I did not feel shame I I did you know I didn't like what I was doing but I kind of did
0: I was scared
1: to give it up because I thought Hmm. okay if I don't do this am I gonna gain a ton of weight like am i am am i going to totally get out of control so much so that i have no control over my body wow yeah and so it was it was truly coming to for me this disordered eating i i was convicted for me that this was sin mm. because as a believer in christ you know my body is literally a temple for the holy spirit it's literally his house he lives there and so for me to do something blatantly um that is disregarding the health of my physical body in such a obvious way. I I had to come to the point that this is for me, like I said, was sin. And the beautiful thing about conviction is it, conviction is not condemnation. Yeah. It it was con- conviction is you know can seem like a dirty word, but really it's the powerful invitation that compels us to change. And so I'm so grateful that, I, that the Lord put that conviction on my heart because if he didn't, I wouldn't have had the power to change and to share what was so difficult for me to share and I would still not be free. Yeah. So that was that was the first step that I had to come to terms with, and unfortunately, it took me a lot of years of my life, and that's why I'm shouting this from the rooftops now because I hope my story can inspire someone to experience that conviction, which is really just the invitation, the power to change a little bit earlier.
0: Yeah, I love that so much because because shame is shame was the first emotion, the first thing that was a result of sin. Adam and Eve were in the garden in in Genesis 2 it says they were naked and they felt no shame <laughs> like I love that they that it uses those two things they were naked like they saw each other fully for who they were God saw them for who for who they were and they felt no shame whatsoever and immediately when sin comes into the picture they want to cover up they want to hide they want to um they don't want to be known for who they are but Jesus has actually come to completely eliminate shame again for us we can live totally and blameless and um and open um and so we we do talk about shame quite a bit on this podcast because when things happen to us when sin happens to us too we we feel that same shame um whether it's whether it's the sin that we afflict on ourselves or on other people like what you're talking about we feel that shame but then when sin actually happens to us too Um, we, we We feel shame and we actually have to throw off that shame to be vulnerable with someone else to say this is actually what I'm going through. So it sounds like that's what you did when you brought your husband into it. You broke off the power of shame in your life to then really go like be free, be free of it.
1: No, and that's exactly right. And and I share about that com- that confession piece, right? Mm-hmm. So it was the conviction, and then I had to literally take action and confess it, which again. And Ellie, you've done this through your process of reclaiming. I love it. You're like stepping into the fear of this place or this memory to make a new memory. And for me, I had to step through the realization of, oh my goodness, this is not good. I want to be free from this. But in order to activate that faith, I had to say something. Yes. So that is absolutely, you know, that confession is not a dirty word. It's it's an invitation and it's our key to freedom. And, and then the third thing like you're sharing too is this whole piece of community, you know, both in the, in the trial and then now, hmm. you know, what kind of people am I surrounding myself with and are they building me up and are they challenging me totally. um, is, is such a key to not only experiencing freedom initially, but continuing to choose to live in that place.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um one of the things that you had mentioned um well w- w- when we deal with body image issues it's very rarely about the food it's very rarely just about our bodies it has to do with some sort of rejection or or messages that have been told to us by by other people but even just by ourselves but you had mentioned that there was that reject some rejection in your past can you talk about how you became healed on that level, not just fixing the behavior of, okay, now I'm not acting on, you know, this disordered eating habits that I've had. But how did you get to the core of really dealing with the rejection?
1: Well, that's that early rejection was something that I felt from um, a very close family member of. And looking back, I might have misinterpreted a little bit, but as I, I mentioned, I was very athletic. And I was involved in a lot of sports and I had a a, you know, someone that I trusted and loved deeply and dearly basically say, you know, that doesn't matter. Sports don't matter, they're not valuable. I just want you to get a job that would be more beneficial. And so I took that that comment, Hmm. I took that that crushing of a dream because I did have potential to excel in athletics and so for me at that time in high school that was like man this is my whole life like this is this is my identity and because I wasn't supported in that to flourish and to reach my full potential which is I've always had this drive to just achieve and just to do great things yeah. um, I felt like that was crushed and that was taken away from me and so that that is what I interpreted as rejection and hmm basically like well you know success doesn't matter all that matters is just being comfortable taking care of yourself um don't you know accomplishments is just overrated and so I, I interpret that as um as a rejection and to play it small in life in general mm-hmm. and I remember playing down like um big wins or if I got great grades or if I did great in a game or anything I just like oh, it's not a deal. And so what I had to do in this process is retrain my brain and retrain my heart to reestablish my identity in Christ hmm. and what he says about me. Yeah. And it, it sounds simplistic, but I really had to do a lot of work. And this did not take a week i a month, years, and I'm still constantly on this journey of like, Lord, what do you say about me? You you didn't come to earth and live a perfect life and then die and then rise again. So I can just like pass by in life. Yeah. (laughs) Like he's, he's all about like, you're going to do greater. You're actually going to do greater things than I did. And so the very nature of the father God is always advancing. It's always taking ground. It's always victorious. Because we are in Christ, we are seated with him, and he says that we get to experience the same victory that he has already experienced for us. And so for me, it was just this process of, of um, realigning my belief as the standard for my life. And so you know, now when I'm thinking about what do I want for my life and my family, yeah. I have to pretty consistently measure that against with the word of God versus my own experience or my own, you know, perceived limitations. Yeah. It's really just an over overflow of belief. You know, now I think my daily task is literally to believe and then therefore think the truth about myself.
0: (laughs) I I love that.
1: I mean, that's it. Like (laughs) that is my task. That is my fight to daily wake up and believe God. what you said about me is actually True. And here's the brilliance about that. Again, it sounds so simplistic, especially if you're someone who's grown up in the church and you've heard this all your life. But what's so profound about that is, you know, wherever you're at right now, just ask yourself, am I, if I believe, if I believe that victory is mine in every situation, if I believed that literally I could do greater things and exploits than Jesus did, when he was on this earth. I mean, that's it. So when I when I believe that and truly and at, this, at a cellular level, hmm. then how I treat my body yeah. is just a natural outflow of that. Because now I'm believing, yeah, I'm beautiful. Yeah, I'm creating his image. I, I'm going to do really amazing things in my life to glorify him yeah. and to steward what he's given me. And so therefore, I have to be healthy. Therefore, I, I want to live a long life. Therefore, I want to birth babies to do the same thing, Lord willing. And so all of those things require a healthy lifestyle. And so it becomes this place of, like, stewardship versus self-hatred and restriction.
0: No, I I absolutely love what you're saying, and I think it's so spot on because Jesus – as I say a thousand times, he has already extended that healing. He's already extended that freedom. And it's just our job to receive it. And I see you taking beautiful and like really bold steps towards that in a second, in that moment of voicing the voicing the um the conviction that you are feeling to your husband and then to other people that you trust. But then I think I think what I love the most about what you're doing is that you you don't just stop there. It's about living a healthy lifestyle. And so you're giving you're giving women really practical tools to say, first, you have to identify the thing, like own it for what it is. But then we don't have to. We don't go the other way and say, OK, well, now you can just eat wherever you want because there's freedom, like there's food freedom. W- what, what you're doing is you're giving women practical advice about exercise, about nutrition, about sleep. And so what I would really love to do is just dive in a little bit with you about that of 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 that fine line. How do you balance that line between um, between being healthy in all of the forms and then um, and then, you know, swinging the other direction?
1: Yeah, it's such a good question. And I'm so passionate about this. And I do a lot of research, you know, I work with holistic and, and medical professionals all the time. And I'm always learning on the research side and the, and the you know, physiological side of how what we eat and how we exercise and how we sleep impacts our physical health. And um, it's so what I see a lot is this extreme. It's like, we either want to go extreme, all we want to do is focus, focus, focus what we're eating, or exercising, et cetera, And then we kind of just like, don't really think about our spiritual or emotional. We just kind of compartmentalize it. Or, like you said, we take it to this other extreme, like we over spiritualize everything. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> the Lord is going to, like comedian Tim Hawkins, he's going to make this Cheeto uh, carrot <laughs> stick on the way down in my esophagus. Like that. <laughs> that is not reality. Okay? No really great faith or something but yes it it has to be it has to be this both and and I see a lot of times again I I work with a lot of women on my online programs and the book is kind of geared towards women and so forgive me if I share you know more towards this perspective but it applies to both genders Um, a lot of times women don't understand how their bodies are created and so a lot of us you know are stuck in this diet mentality or we we jump on these fad diets and they don't work or um we're frustrated with our results because we're looking at our body as some generic guideline or code, and we're looking for that magic pill, and we all know that doesn't exist. And so in my book, I break down, and at first, this started with 10, okay? <laughs> but I really <laughs> broke it down and said, okay, ultimately, what is the most important components of vibrant health? Feeling great in your genes, like actually loving your body. If I were to only do four things and focus on four Hmm. things, what would they be? And so, through my research, through my own experience, um, I came up with these four. And it is this it's sleep. We sorely underestimate power of sleep. It's where our hormones regulate. It's where we build muscle, um, our muscles recovery, our, our memory. It's just significant. Our mood significantly important. The second one is thinking. And, uh, you know, you've mentioned. I know you've mentioned Dr. Carolyn Leaf on your podcast before. I'm a huge fan of her, but if we don't identify some of these toxic underlying thoughts in our lives, and by the way, a lot of these are subconscious. A lot, of, a lot of us have toxic thoughts that we're telling ourselves that we're bleeding. Yep. We don't even know.
0: Yeah, it's so we true. We don't
1: even know. And it's, it's holding us back from not only stepping into our full potential, it could be holding us back from achieving our, our best body. We talk about that in the book. The third thing is eating course, like this is a component, right? Like what we put in our mouths matters when we put it in our our mouth matters. And so I break down even within the chapter where we talk about eating, just like practical stuff, simple guidelines that can be um, tweaked for whatever season of life you're in, whatever margin you're is for time or money. I'm really passionate about giving you these four pillars in such a way that you can have the tools and be equipped to customize it for your unique body because there's no one size fits all than the totally. last one yeah. and it's last for a reason is movement and yes mm-hmm. you know how we move our bodies is important um it's critical for our well-being we were designed to not sit in desks all day i think all of us know that um but i think a lot of us too have misunderstandings that we need to work out two hours at the gym to reach our goals and that's simply not the case unless you know you're someone like ellie who's training for a marathon and just loves running <laughs> hours <on it>. whoops <laughs> the, the, again these four things, you know, sleep, yeah, thinking right, identifying toxic thoughts, and more importantly, replacing them with truth. We talk hmm. about exactly how to do that. Um, what we're eating and um, exercise is just the four pillars. And if we're able to do these four pillars, not perfectly, but as you read um, and you know, as we as we work through the content, you you'll get an idea. Of like, yeah, I'm I'm actually. Out of anything else, I just need to focus on my sleep right now, and that might help me move the needle. So if you want to dive into any more of those specifically, I'm happy to do that. But that's just a little overview.
0: Yeah, I just love that so much. And what I see out of that model is that it is taking ground. It's not – it's actually taking an active and practical step towards – total restoration in our lives. So if you have struggled with um with an eating disorder or with or with just poor body image, it's being healthy on a whole level which means getting good sleep um, paying attention to our thought life what are the lies that I'm believing about myself subconsciously or consciously what am I telling myself um, surrounding yourself with the right people like it's all connected what that is is taking an active and practical step towards healing which is reclaiming it's it's um, stepping into that area and saying God you are bigger than my thoughts about myself when I eat a cookie you are bigger than that self hatred that I may feel when I when um, or those those negative self-talk that I that I that that cycle that I get stuck in the cross is so much bigger than that and and there is healing and there is restoration for all of the all of the things we go through and then to come out on the other side and say no I I need to take care of my body I need to love myself and going to the gym is a beautiful way of doing that going out on a run is yeah. an amazing way to do that and getting good sleep oh my gosh i love that you have that it's like one of the main things that's so important and i've struggled with that so much i mean we could do a whole episode on sleep maybe i should do that with you mm-hmm. um but but i've i've really made sleep recently a priority in my life so i i i turn off my phone at a certain time and i really try to keep a bedtime and have that be very consistent. Um, but it's, <laughs> that's a journey. It sure is.
1: <laughs> and, and I want to, I want to share something too, if I can Yeah. right now, and just to be total, totally transparent. Um, number one, I hear this all the time. I want to be, I want to look how I looked when I was in high school or maybe it's not that extreme, but when I was, you know, first got married for some of us or whatever that before before baby hello like I want to look like I did before I had kids or fit into my free pregnancy jeans well number one we have to realize that as we go through different seasons so does our body yeah so trying to compare our current body with something in the past is not realistic or even healthy but what I love and so I'll give you a practical example. I still wake up every day and I have to look at myself in the mirror, right? Mm-hmm. And because of social media, we're we're bombarded with millions of other quote perfect images. And to make matters worse for some of us, we're bombarded with our own past images. Mm-hmm. And we're like why can't I just look like that?
0: Facebook so Memories every- is like a slippery slope, yes. <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> yes. So I want to be very transparent that I wake up every day and I have an opportunity to like grab that extra flub on my arm or my belly. Right? Yeah. Like I still have bad quote hair days. Where I'm like, man, I don't feel the greatest in my clothes today or whatever the thought may be. I still have those thoughts on a regular and a daily basis. Like I don't know if they ever go away, but the difference is now it does not dictate my attitude. Mm-hmm. Now I talk to my body out loud more than I ever have. And Maybe we can do another podcast on this. It sounds crazy, but it's literally me changing my thought. How do you change your thought? You have to have a different thought out loud. That is the key. Yeah, out loud. So I am consistently on a daily basis talking to my body. Hey, I am strong. I am lean. I am beautiful. God, thank you for giving me the ability to run. Thank you that you have you've um, you're healing my metabolism to um, metabolize food efficiently and correctly. You know, um, thank you for the ability to eat healthy food. You know, all these things. I'm talking to my body literally out loud and it's changing Hmm. it's changing my perspective of how I see myself the gratitude I have for my body and you know what I am this I'm the I'm at the most fit I've ever been in my life this is after having a child this is like not dieting this is not doing any crazy workout program it's because I've learned how to work with my body instead of against it with practical tools that I break down But I also have renewed my mind and that has Mm -hmm. to happen first for any results to be lasting um, and maintainable.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. I just love that so much. You're you you're you're speaking to your body. You're also speaking to yourself like Brooke is a runner and Brooke can um, effectively um, metabolize like you're not just speaking to your body, but you're actually speaking positive self-talk to yourself, too. Mm -hmm. So. As you've gone through this journey of of also reflecting on on your identity, um, what have you come up with? Like, who is Brooke, and what is Brooke's, um, what's Brooke's call? And mm-hmm. yeah, why don't you why don't you give me that?
1: Mm-hmm. Stepping into writing and publishing my first book, uh, launching an online business—you know that's. Um, that's a lot. That's a big step. There's investment, there's time investment, there's financial investment. But as I've done that, it's amazing how my confidence has soared and the confirmation has come. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm coming to a place of realizing that he has made me strong both yeah. physically and spiritually because mm-hmm. he's created me to be a leader and all of us are leaders. I want to be very clear on that. Um, but we all lead in different ways. And so yeah. I think I'm becoming more comfortable with how he's created me to lead. And I know he's created me to lead in a way that means being out front sometimes. And it means, um, Sharing my story, you know, boldly yeah. and vocally, respectfully, right? Yes. Uh, um, honorably, but um, I I think I'm coming to a place where I'm I'm okay if the eyes are on if the eyes are on me, and hmm. I know that can make that maybe sound selfish or prideful, but um, the Lord says that I'll I'll make my my face shine upon you. Yeah.
0: So mm-hmm. a, a lot
1: of times we're like, oh Lord, like just. Do whatever you want through my life, like I just you be bigger, I be smaller. You know all this this type of pack And I understand the heart that that's coming from, but I think we have to be okay. Like was it Paul said that you would model me? Yeah. You know, like model exactly. my life. Yes. Watch me. Yes. Because if Christ Christ isn't here in body, right? He's in us, and so we have to be okay and confident enough in our body and who we are to have eyes on us. Actually, yeah, I love and to that. Have, ears listening to what we have to say as Mm -hmm. the Lord gives us utterance right and so it's just a whole new place of like stepping into confidence and boldness um in again for the glory of God but I have to be okay with people looking at my body and hearing what I have to say even if they don't agree and so I think I'm just stepping into that place and on a whole new level. And that for me means like doing new activities like running. That is something I haven't done in years and years. And, um, um, you know, just continuing to embrace how he's created me unique in, in leadership and even in my body, how he's created my body. Like yeah. it's unique and it's, it's different and I can find joy in that versus trying to um, look like someone else.
0: You have so much wisdom, Brooke. I am um, so excited for what you're doing and and um, how you are modeling freedom and then encouraging others to step into it too. It's just beautiful. So I really want my my listeners to know where to find you and, um, and also get a free chapter of your book. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yes, I'd love to. Super simple and across all platforms. Well, Women Co., Instagram is my favorite place to hang out by far. I've been doing a lot more videos, however, on Facebook, wellwomenco.com. But most importantly, you know, if what we're sharing today has hit you or resonated with you, and, and maybe it's not even like Ellie said initially, disordered eating, but you sense that there's something more for your life, but you're not sure how to get it. That is the essence of this book. So I'd love to gift your listeners, Ellie, a free chapter, and they can get that. I'm sure we'll link it in the show notes. Um, but until then, it's bit.ly backslash FF, as in food freedom, chapter. So bit.ly FF, you know, backslash FF chapter. And they can download their free chapter and kind of get a, a sense of what the book is. And that first chapter is actually entitled The Root. And so I get into the really nitty gritty of what I was struggling with, how I was struggling, and most importantly, how I identified some of the roots to those issues and, and uh lived and chose to step into freedom.
0: It's so good. Yeah. So get, get your chapter of the book listeners, because it's really, it's really amazing. And, um, and well, women co is just killing it in the game right now. It's so exciting. Thank you so much, Brooke, for doing this. I cannot be more grateful and, um, and just honored to have you on the podcast. So I so appreciate it.
1: I deeply feel the same about you, Ellie. You inspire me every day. I love what you're doing. I'm just cheering you on with all my heart. So we'll, we'll talk next time. Absolutely.
0: Wow. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. And I know that there is really helpful things in here. Guys, go get her book, get the free chapter of her book. We have faced these experiences, the life shattering moments, and they do have ripple effects in our lives. Obviously you are a podcast listener. If you're listening to my podcast. So go and head over to Brooke's podcast. She recently launched one called Well Women Co. And definitely listen to it. It's so good and full of just helpful tips and tricks about vibrant health and stepping into your identity. All of Brooke's information will be found in my show notes. If you want to support Hope Reclaimed as a podcast and as a ministry, please do that on my Patreon page. I am stepping into receiving financial support for what we're doing here because it does take funds. So head over to my Patreon page patreon.com hope reclaimed if you're interested in partnering with what we're doing here. Guys have a wonderful week and we will see
1: you next time.